0: Thank you for tuning in to the Reclamation Church Podcast. My name is John Bernal. I serve as the youth director here at Reclamation Church, and I'm so excited that you've decided to tune in with us today. Today, we're going to be hearing from Pastor Tom Wilson. He's our senior pastor here at Reclamation Church. And if this is your first time on our podcast, I highly recommend visiting our website at re.church. There you're going to find more information on when our live stream services are and also listen to some other sermons that we have in the past. Without further ado, let's listen in.
1: Hey, good morning everybody and welcome to Reclamation Church. Uh, I am Tom Wilson, the senior pastor here, and uh, we are obviously coming from a different location this morning. Uh, As I mentioned last week, we are sheltering in place and church is coming to you live from my barn in St. Paul, Texas. And if I could just be honest, it's it's a whole new world. We're all getting a a little bit used to it. And uh, this is just, it's awkward on my end. Uh, I'm sitting out here with my little dog, Johnny Cash. Uh, I have an entire tech department coming from my son who's running everything. Um, and uh, I just I'm so appreciative that we can still have technology to connect this morning. So want to give a quick shout out to those who are making some comments. Dixie, it's great to see you this morning. Linda Humes, Jan Hills, Mike Bronski. Good morning to all of you. Uh, I see Misty Dodge is watching and Jeff Harper. Uh, my sister Terry Workman. Uh, big shout out to uh, my parents, or Sean's parents, Mimi and Pops. We love you guys. Um, so what we want to do this morning? Why we have your attention? You're logging in is we just wanna have a Bible study together. Uh, That's really what this morning's about. And by now you've had worship, you've had communion. Uh, We are so blessed to have staff all over the Metroplex that are so gifted and talented to be able to be a part of this. So where we've been so far in this series, we're talking about wherever you go based on Joshua 1, 9. And and really where that comes from is God gave a promise to Joshua. Uh, He had just taken over from Moses and his job was to lead the Israelites into the promised land. And as you can imagine, I mean, he's taking over from Moses and those are big shoes to fill. So he's probably a little nervous, apprehensive, got a lot of anxiety, doesn't really know exactly where he's going because God's going to lead the way. And if you think about it, a lot of that really is where we are today. We have no idea where this thing's going to take us. But what we do have is the assurance that God is going to hold us in his hands and lead us and guide us through this. We've been talking about some different fears through this series week number one we uh we talked about the fear of running out and what we learned is that god is our ultimate provider Uh, not not walmart not the government not the stimulus package Uh, god is the one who takes care of his own and so we want to put our faith in him two weeks ago we talked about a great story david and goliath and we learned that david when he fought this giant towering over him he wasn't focusing so much on goliath His focus was on God, and what a great reminder to us today that our focus should be on God and not all the fears of these things towering over us. Last week, what we talked about was uh, our faith, and sometimes our faith wavers through these times, and our faith is being tested, and what we learned is it's when you go through these challenges and through these seasons of change and these seasons of turmoil and chaos, on the other side of that, that's where you really know your faith is secure because a faith that is tested is a faith that can be trusted. So today we are officially ending this series on wherever you go. Next week of course is Easter and then we're starting a brand new series the week after Easter. Today was supposed to be church in the park, not so much church in the barn. Um, But you know what, we're gonna just roll with it. So whatever we gotta do, we're gonna do. Um, We are so looking forward to getting back with you guys. And my heart goes out to those who are sitting at home because really today I wanna talk about those who may be fighting depression as you're in isolation, those who have a lot of anxiety, uh, those who are struggling with grief. And today I'm going to talk specifically about perspective, because the way we view something and the way we look for God in a situation can really change our entire outlook on the way we're seeing things. And so we're talking about perspective specifically. So kind of as an example, when I was in high school, if you were to ask me, at what age is somebody old? uh i'm gonna probably say someone in their 40s or above well now that i'm 44 guess what my perspective has changed i wouldn't say someone of my age is old now and i'm not going to say what age i do think is someone's old but your perspective changes as you go through situations and we're talking specifically about perspectives we're going to be specifically in what's called the book of philippians uh, if you want to have uh, open your Bibles up there, Book of Philippians, it's in the New Testament this time, so we're going to go to the opposite side of the Bible, uh, the Book of Philippians. And we, we call it book, but the reality is it's actually a letter. It's a letter written from a guy named the Apostle Paul to this church in Philippi, and he adores these people. It's a church that he actually started years earlier, and he has a lot of admiration towards them. and He loves them, and so he has this great connection with them. What's really interesting is throughout the Book of Philippians, There's one theme that really goes through all of it, and it's this theme of joy, J-O-Y. Now, that's really interesting because the Apostle Paul is writing this letter while he's in prison. And so even though he's in the chaos of being in prison, he still finds joy. Now, what's really cool is you find out the Apostle Paul has joy, even though we know this from Acts 28, he spends two years in prison. And we're talking about being chained up to a prison guard 24 hours a day. And so every six hours, a new prison guard would come in. They would chain him to Paul, and that would be his day. So he was stuck there. Now, the reason Paul was in prison was because he kept preaching about Jesus Christ. And they were just honestly done hearing about it. They tried to squash this movement known as The Way. And what Paul wanted to do, his earnest desire was to go back to his homeland, which was Rome, and preach the gospel to Rome. Now the gospel is really a fancy church word for good news. It's speaking about Jesus Christ dying on the cross, resurrecting and giving those who are interested and wanna receive that eternal life. That's the gospel or the good news of Jesus Christ. The apostle Paul wanted to do that However, he's stuck in prison. And it's kind of an interesting scenario because he's sheltering in place, right? We're sheltering in place. Now he's going on two years and he still finds joy. We're going on less than a month. And I hear all kinds of people grumbling that they're kind of over this and they're done with this. So this story can really speak to us because even in this situation, we can find joy with what God's doing through this. So by now you should be in Philippians chapter one. We're gonna start with verse two. And here's what the scripture says. It says, grace and peace to you from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then you see such affection from Paul to these people. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. Now, I will say uh, every time I read this, I think back when I was in high school, I had just become a Christian and I came across this verse. And so every time I would write kind of a sweet letter to some girl that I thought was, you know, just the best and I want to, you know, uh, impress her. I would use this scripture that I thank God every time I remember you. Uh, That's obviously not what he meant by this. But he says, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray. Here's this word the first time we see it, joy. And then you'll actually see this word 19 different times throughout this short letter. He says, I pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this look what he says, that he who began, he's speaking of God, a good work in you will carry it on to completion till the day of Christ Jesus. Verse seven, he says, it's right for me to feel this way about you since I have you in my heart for whether, does it matter wherever he goes, he says, whether I am defending or confirming the gospel, whether I'm in chains, all of you share in God's grace with me. Now, the apostle Paul. What he wanted to do was share the message of Jesus to the Romans. Where he's stuck at is he's sitting in prison. And it kind of got me thinking, you know, of all the things that we want to do sometimes that we don't want to, don't, don't get to do, or that we want to change. And so I want to start by kind of asking you a question. Is there something in your life that you wish was different? You wish you could change Uh, For some, you know, maybe it's your age. It's interesting when you're young, you wish you were older. When you're older, you wish you were younger. It's kind of like we, we can never be satisfied with that. Uh, maybe you're not content with where you live or you're in an apartment and you want a house or you want a different house or you want to live a different location or I wish I was married or I wish I had a different type of marriage, things aren't going very well or I, I wish I had children or maybe you wish you just had different kids because yours are just making you pull your hair out. Uh, whatever it is, um, when you look at your life, is there something about your life that you just wish was different? chances are we can all say yes to something in that. Uh, What I want to do is just give you three real quick thoughts that I hope encourage you, um, and we're going to fly through these pretty quickly. And I think this is really everybody. I think we can all at some point understand this and apply this to our life. Number one is that we all have a what. We all have a what in quotes and don't understand the why. And you know exactly what I mean. There's something in your life that is going on that you don't understand the why. If I were to say, if there's something about my life that I could change, um, you know, I've got a great life, I've got a great family, I've got a great church that I get to minister to, there's a lot of blessings in my life. If I were to say there's one thing I wish I could change, it's probably going to be my lower back. And and I don't talk a lot about this, but I have chronic back pain. And so I go to the doctor on a regular basis, and I've tried everything from surgery to injections to, you know, whatever, and nothing seems to want to fix this. And God and i have had a lot of talks about this, okay, God, if, you know, you would just heal this, then boy, I could do so much more for you and I wouldn't be held up so much and I could, we all have that what, and we're wondering, okay, why is that? And we don't have the why. Uh, second thing is this, God always has a why behind the what. You know, we have to understand that we do not serve a God of chaos. He is a God of order. He is a God that knows all. He knows exactly what's going on. He is in control. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And I believe that one of the true miracles of Jesus Christ is he can take something that was meant for bad and then he can turn it around and make something good come out of it. And so understand that God always has a why behind the what. Third thing is, another thought if you're taking notes this morning, is we don't have to understand the why. This is so important. We don't have to understand the why to be able to trust God in the what. So whatever there is about your life that you wish you could change, you don't know why, but understand this. We can trust God You know, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, such a great verse for this season says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. And here's what it says. He will show you which path to take. We don't have to understand what's going on, why it's going on to simply be able to trust in God. And so right now, if you find your place in a place where you wish things were different, you know, that this whole thing with the coronavirus is just taking you by by storm and you feel like you're just sitting on the sidelines and my whole life's on pause and you wish you could change a lot of things or, or maybe it's different things. Maybe it's family drama or it's a financial situation. Regardless, if you find yourself in a place where you wish things were different, I wanna give you just two quick questions, two simple questions you can ask right now. Now, the question that we don't wanna ask <laughs> is the question, why? You know, I think a lot of people, they begin to talk to God and they say, well, why are you allowing this to happen? And why aren't you changing this? And why in the world? And why, why, why? Here's what why does. Why creates a massive amount of stress on your life. It can create bitterness towards God. And it's just not a question we need to know. What we have to understand is that we serve a God of really, really, really high intelligence. We will never understand God. In fact, one of my professors in college, he basically said, if you ever fully understand God, then he's no longer a God. You want a God that is so complex, you will never understand. So we don't ask the question why. What I want to encourage you to ask is the question, now what? What? I don't like what's going on, but God, you know, now what? And I don't mean, you know, what, what, what? I'm talking about, God, what are you doing in this situation? God, God, what's in store for this season? God, what do you want me to be doing in this situation? And we're going to start looking for God in that scenario. Um, Verse 12, we begin to see this happen. He says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, check this out, that what has happened to me? Now, it's nothing that he put himself in, what has happened to me? to me and now let's push pause for a minute because maybe you're sitting and you're saying okay I'm in this situation I didn't do any of this but what has happened to me maybe you're in a season where you've lost your job and you were the last one in and so you're the first one out and we're hearing reports of people who are just basically asking that same question okay now I'm laid off and now what's next and how am I going to do this we have to ask the question, okay, what is God doing in this season in our life? Uh, maybe you got a, a bad report from the doctor. Maybe you're in a rough spot financially. Uh, maybe you've got a relationship that is just massively messed up right now. The Apostle Paul is writing this letter to this church in Philippi. And you, you got to know they're praying for Paul. They, they sent him out as a missionary to go reach the Romans and spread the gospel. And they get this letter that he's sitting in prison for two years. And then here's what he says now i want you to know brothers and sisters that what has happened to me right i've been arrested i've been sitting in prison look what he says but is actually served to advance the gospel we already know the gospel is the good news about jesus christ and what paul says is me sitting in prison is actually working to advance the gospel in other words the mission still happening In fact, that phrase, advance the gospel, if you want to maybe highlight that or underline that in your Bible, is an incredible phrase. And what it really means in the Greek is it's a military term and it means to move forward. And it refers to when a group of troops are actually on the move to attack and to move the battle forward. Listen to this. It's actually used as a group that goes ahead to clear the underbrush or to clear out any obstacles so that the army can actually come along. And what Paul is saying is it, it may look really bad right now, but believe it or not, this is working and God's doing some incredible things to advance the gospel through this. And so we're not going to ask the question, why? Paul's not sitting in prison saying, why? You know, why, Why God? I, I had one great intent. I wanted to breach these people for you. Why would you allow this to happen? What he's asking is what? Okay, God, now what's going to happen? How are you going to do this? What is my role in this? And what you begin to see is all of a sudden, Paul, sitting in prison, incredible things are happening. In fact, one commentary words it this way, and I really like how they put this. It says, your prison can become the pulpit where you share what God is doing. I love that, that there is a purpose in your prison. Now, who knows what your prism might be right now, but what we have to see is that you can see God at work in any situation, even in a chaotic situation. If you remember, uh, gosh, it's it's been decades ago, but these things called magic eyes came out. The magic eye is this form of artwork that you look at it and it just looks like chaos. You're like, what in the world? When these things first came out, uh, there were those who could see the, the hidden image instantly. Uh, there are those who could never see them. But but what you do is you, you look at this this blurry mess, and then you have to almost kind of like relax your eyes and almost like see through it, and all of a sudden you see, whoa, there's a dragon flying at me, or, or whatever it might be. Well, if you think about it, in the in the midst of chaos, in the midst of seasons like right now, We've got to be focusing on God because he's the one that truly has the answers. And we're going to be asking the question, what, God? Show me what you're doing in this situation and show me how I get to be a part of this and what you're going to be doing. In fact, Hebrews 12, 2, the author of Hebrews, he already says, he says, our eyes on Jesus, we are to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And just like David battling Goliath, our eyes have got to be on God, and he'll show us where we're going through this. Uh, God says, I could actually use the one thing that you've gone through that was horrible and and hard, and I can use that for my glory. So one of the things that I don't talk about a lot um, as a pastor, but when I was a child, I was actually abused sexually for about three months of a period. And, uh, you know, that season of my life was horrific. It, it, it tore me down to a new one. It, it gripped my life for, gosh, decades. It wasn't until I was in college that I really came to grips with it. I was able to give that to God. Now, you look at that season of my life, and it was horrible. I, I, I would never wish it upon anybody. I, I would never want to go through it again. But in a really weird way, I, I wouldn't change it either. Because what I see now Is the what and I see what God has done through that situation and I have been able to talk to literally dozens and dozens of people who've also been abused and help point them and steer them towards Jesus so they can provide healing also and again one of the miracles of the gospel is that God can take the evil that we've been put through and turn around and pull something good out of that and that in itself is a beautiful true miracle Um, so we're gonna ask the question Now, what God. Um, Now, what's really interesting is verse 13. Here's what it says. This is where you really see this kind of story come to life on what God's doing under the surface. He says, As a result, now again, as a result of what? As a result of being put in prison and chained up, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. So you'd think you'd, won. you put him in prison to basically shut him up. But here's what you didn't think about. Every single day, every six hours, four times a day, you're bringing in someone who's very important in their culture, someone who's high in the whole palace guard, and you would chain them to this guy who can't shut his mouth talking about Jesus Christ. And so every single day, you can kind of picture it, a guard comes in. Hey, Bob, I'll take it from here. Tony walks out, and you hook up Bob to the Apostle Paul, and the Apostle Paul goes, Hey, have you heard about Jesus? And he just begins to talk to him and witness to him, and guess what? That prison guard can't go anywhere, and you kind of begin to wonder who's the real prisoner there, right? I mean, it's six-hour shift, and so who knows if they were different every time, but you've got to know... These people heard from Paul the message of Jesus, and then what we know is it really began to work because the Apostle Pes says it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard. I mean, he just can't stop talking about this. And then look at verse 14. Also because of my chains, also because of being in prison, he says most of the brothers and the sisters in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. Now, let's just think about this. What their plan was, was to take the leader of this thing known as the church, to lock him up in prison, throw away the key, and surely that will scare everybody else to finally stop talking about Jesus. Well, it kind of backfired on them because what really happened was, all of a sudden these prison guards all become believers in Jesus, and that gets word on the outside so all the disciples all the, the christians they were like well hey if paul's doing it i'm gonna do it and it had a complete reverse effect and through this chaos you begin to see god do incredible three things that you, you never would have thought so with a different perspective looking at our current situation there are so many great things happening right now and i would encourage you to look for the blessings in the midst of this crazy storm we're in right now. let me just, just share some of these. so so you're stuck at home right we, we can't leave. Um, here's the cool thing. God is using this to bring families together like we've not seen in a very long time. Uh, we're a very busy family. you know my son is a senior in high school he works he's running from point A to point B. I'm in ministry my wife's a full-time school teacher and my daughter's about to go into high school. It's like we're just going nuts everywhere. So we kind of got off of our, our, our A game, if you will, of, of having dinners together and family time. And what we've seen in the past several weeks is all of a sudden we're having game nights again. And we're having movie nights again. And we're sitting around the table and we're, and we're praying for dinner again. It's like, what a blessing. You know, we also acknowledge that our son is probably gonna be off at college next year. And so we are trying to soak up as much of this as we can right now. What a blessing. Look for the blessings amidst the chaos. Uh, things are, are excuse me, tight financially right now. Uh, maybe that's where you find yourself. Well, God is also using this time for helping you to reprioritize your life. And maybe you've got some expenses that you don't need to be spending right now. And maybe it's time to kind of right the ship. And we're going to put God first with our stewardship and with our finances and trust that he's going to provide for us Uh, Six foot distancing, you know, but people are still walking. I know your neighborhood as well. I have met more neighbors from afar, you know, hey, I'm Tom, who are you, Um, in the past two weeks than I have in the past year, simply because people are out walking with their spouses and walking with their kids and they're getting out because they can't stand just sitting in the home all day long. You're seeing these great things. Here's another great blessing that should be happening. What is the number one excuse why people don't read their Bible? I don't have enough time. Well, now you do, right? Now there's no more excuses. There are so many blessings in this time. Here's another massive one. Uh, Church is no longer meeting in the building. Well, if you think about it and you go back to Acts chapter 2, the church didn't even have a building when it was first established. Um, Church was never meant to be a location. Church has always been meant to be a movement of people who believe in Jesus Christ and his spirit lives inside of us. And now more than ever, it's time for the church to stand up and be the church and stop going to church. And we're seeing that happen in all kinds of incredible, cool, unique ways. And so we've got to look at the chaos and then focus on God and see what he's doing throughout the storm right now. Um... Now what do you want to do, God? That's the first question. Second one, when life gets hard. Second one is just, it's just the word, so what? Uh, the question, so what? Uh, Paul learned to say on things that didn't really matter, eh, so, so what? You know, I mean, he, he has the perspective of what, what's really going on in the world. Uh, and I think, again, we can apply this to our life right now. Uh, you know, to kind of set this up context-wise, uh, the, the disciples went to Paul and said, hey, we want to make you aware that there are some people out there who are preaching about Jesus Christ and they're doing it for their own personal gain. They're doing it for money, they're doing it for fame and fortune. And, and this is how it plays out in verse 15. Paul's speaking. He says, you know, it's it's true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but, but others out of goodwill. He said, The latter do the latter they do so in love, knowing that I am put here in the defense of the gospel. The former though they preach Christ out of selfish ambition, and that literally means profit in the Greek. He says, they preach for profit, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But then look at verse 18. And then he says, but, but what does it matter? One translation really says, so what? He says, so what? The important thing, the important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached, and because of that, I rejoice. Because of that, I have joy. Again, he's finding joy in the midst of this, and at some times, we just gotta ask the question, so what? In the big scheme of things, the fact that that word, if you really dig into it in the Greek, is this phrase, uh, "tiscar plain," and it literally means, who really cares? It means, what does it matter? And it means, so what? It's just not that big of a deal. So generally speaking, yes, there are some big things in our lives that we have to deal with and talk through and pray about and have counsel. And, but a lot of things just don't really matter in the real big world. You know, I mean, if you really think about the, the, the stuff that happens at work that we bring home sometimes, that we are just, we're on edge and we grumble and we're grumpy, it's just not that big of a deal. But we allow it to dictate our, our emotions for the day. Or it's the little things that bring up fights sometimes in marriages and, and you're sitting there a day later going, what was that even about? It's just, uh, you know, so what? Uh, you know, it's the little things that we wig out that we just got to learn to say, Tisgar Plain, so what? what? What does it really even matter? In fact, there's a great test you can ask yourself is, is whatever the situation is, just ask yourself, will this matter 100 years from now? And if it won't, don't let it steal your joy. Just who cares let it move on from there so so maybe your car is broken down you know my son's car broke down uh gas not even a month ago he had some brake issues and it cost some money and yeah it's a pain and and yeah it costs us for the big scheme of things tiscar plane right who cares it's just it's so what um so you don't really like your job that's a big one Um, Well, you've got a job right now, and it's paying the bills, and are you really going to let that steal and rob your joy? So what? Right? Uh, So-and-so doesn't like you. Who cares? Right? We're not here to please people. We're here to please God. Uh, Maybe your hair is thinning. Um, I threw that in for myself. So what, right? Y'all will love me anyway, right? Uh, It's the state state of being joyful no matter what even possible. And, And I'm here to tell you it absolutely is. And here's why. Because happiness is based on happenings. Okay, joy is based on God and God alone. And so, yeah, maybe something in your life didn't go right and you may not be happy about it. Just like the Apostle Paul, we can still find joy in each and every situation, in the midst of a storm, in the midst of the chaos, he's still there guiding us and walking us through this. The Apostle Paul is a great example of this. We're going to ask the questions, you know, now what? Now what is God doing? Now, now what does he want me to do? Now how is God going to use this for his glory, regardless of the situation, and then, you know, sometimes we just got to step back and say, "Tisk our plane, So what? You know, in the big scheme of things, it just doesn't matter. I mean, if, if you're at home right now and you're fighting cabin fever, and uh, my heart goes out to those who have, who have young kids right now, I, I cannot imagine how difficult that must be. Um, we're at the age where our kids are kind of on cruise control, and we praise God for that. Um, but you know what? There are sometimes we just got to say, "Tiskar plain," you know. So you've got Legos all over the floor, and, and the house is not perfectly clean. You know what? In this season, so what? It's okay. Uh, maybe they're getting a B and not an A. It's okay, right? They're, they're still going to get into college. We we just got to step back sometimes and have a reality check, and just okay, God's got this. So we're going to ask now what, and we're going to ask so what. Is it really that big of a deal? I want to close this morning with really just reading that scripture that we started with, um, speaking about trusting in the Lord, because the truth is when we change our perspective, regardless of the chaos, we can still find joy in God. So Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, he says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And can I just say, I love that because there are a lot of times that we just don't get it. We don't understand and we don't have to understand. Here's what he says, in all of your ways, in all of your ways, we're gonna submit to him, we're gonna acknowledge him, we're gonna trust him. And it says, he will make your paths straight. He will tell us where we're going from here. Just like Joshua in Joshua 1.9, God says, I'm going to give you a promise that I will always be with you. I'm always here to help you wherever you go. We're in that situation and we can trust in him because he's going to show us which path to go on and that he's always going to hold our hand through that situation. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you now, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your character. We thank you for your willingness and your love and your adoration for us. Father, we come to you this morning and we worship you and we remember what your son did on the cross for us and we celebrate uh, this Palm Sunday as we lead up to Easter Sunday next Sunday. And Father, we love you and we thank you so much for, for, for what you're doing right now through technology and through our country. And Father, in many ways, yeah, there's a lot of chaos. But man, it is so great to see you moving in so many ways. And Father, we pray that you would just use this season to heal families and heal marriages and to restore finances, uh, to build relationships. Father, to lead people closer to you, that they could finally have the time, as they keep saying they're too busy, just to draw close to you. Father, the scriptures say that if if we knock, you will answer. and. Father, there's a lot of people right now who are searching. So, Father, we pray that you would use whatever it takes to get their attention and to help them fall in love with you. Father, as a church, we pray that you would continue to show us where we're going, what you would have us do for you. Uh, this week leading up to uh, Easter, we pray that you would just help us to celebrate who you are. Father, we love you so much and we give you all the praise and glory. It's in Christ, and we pray. Amen.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to the Reclamation Church Podcast. For more information on Reclamation Church, please visit our website at re.church, or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at re.churchplano. I'm going to be joined this Thursday for our discussions episode with our ministry coordinator, Katie Rose Boudet. Thank you. You guys have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you again on Thursday.